Welcome to the Theory of DFS podcast. I'm Jordan Cooper, the co-author of the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. 15-hour audio DFS masterclass you can pick up at theoryofdfs.com. Join with me as 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 most of the time, right? Haven't seen you in a while, right? I was on vacation. In a minute. Right, I was on vacation uh, uh, for, for two and a half weeks. Then, uh, then I got some got some guests on or whatever, and uh, now I get to check back in with you, Neil Orfield from uh, Stochastic, doing all the stuff. To, dude, your face is on a lot of thumbnails on YouTube. Uh, yep. And first off, I, 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 I'm, I the, the main discussion is is this new tool at Stochastic that that came out that that we'll talk about. Sure. But, in podcast parlance, I mean, I haven't talked to you in like almost two months. It's What's been, been going on? What's been going on, Neil? <laughs> Tons of content. So this is my fourth, uh, my my fourth, no, sorry, my third live show of the day. And then I also just recorded my high stakes podcast, had another VOD that I'm doing. I've been busy. I've been doing, as you said, a lot of content at Stochastic, doing MLB content, which for me is probably of the three main sports that I do, MLB, NBA, NFL the least interesting to talk about for me as an analyst. So a lot of the time I'm just the host, which works a lot better for me. I can just ask Adam a lot of MLB questions, but yeah, staying busy. Now we still have NBA for the time being, but uh, I'm looking forward to, to NFL season coming back because I just, from my perspective, as somebody doing analysis, way more interesting than talking baseball. But uh, how about playing? How about, how about the, the, the DFS streets of, of playing baseball? It's been... I haven't taken anything down. I've had, I think I've had, you know, a, a good amount in the top 1%. It's been going fine. I, I think I've probably lost money on the season so far, but like nothing drastic. I've cut back my volume significantly because I'm on live before lock most days. And I've just, over time, I, I've come to realize that like, yeah, I'm not playing as well when I'm on a show as I'm trying to make my lineups. It just does not work for me. So it's been going okay, um, but not like, not winning anything lately. But you got a new XFL hat. I got a new XFL hat. I mean, this is a few months old. That goes to show how long it's been since I've been on a show with you. Uh, this yeah, is but normally I XFL use the hat. XFL hat from your first guest appearance from like That's two true. years ago on the thumbnails. So yeah. it's like, this is a new one. I'm surprised you're not wearing your DraftKings white uh, bucket, the beach swag hat. Talk Doesn't about a, as well with. Talk about a waste of a swag box. That was, well, I will say this about it. The, the towel, fantastic. The bag itself, really a nice sturdy bag. The bucket hat, it's a good joke, but I don't think anybody's really wearing bucket hats these days. Uh, the sunglasses I can't wear because I have any prescription. So yeah, uh, some of it was kind of lost on me, but I do think it's a great towel at the very least. Did you did you see that when I was in Las Vegas, I visited uh, the DraftKings offices? I did see that. Yeah, you're going to go and, and make some complaints for people. Well, right? I was just joking about that, I but I mean, but I, I got to go in and see how the I see. I mean, see how the secret sauce is administered, but not necessarily how it's done. Right. But just go in there and talk so you really, to people. You got a tour of the facility. So what was that like? Like how how big was it? Oh, it's like it's a they own the building. It's like four four stories tall. It's it 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 looks like a tech office, like a, the the quintessential like textile office. They have a lounge. They have like a like a little coffee bar place. They have like like the, they they have a they have a, a nail salon, a massage a massage room. Uh, and, oh, okay, right. So it's it, not quintessential office to me. Right, but for, like for a tech massage? space, it's like it's one of those things where it's like we uh, we know that you could probably do your job at home. We but we'd rather right. have you in the office. So let's let's put these amenities in here. So like, oh, yeah, twice tables? a week a masseuse comes in, and if you need a massage, they're available. And it's like, okay. oh well, I, I'll stay an extra hour at work. You know, like it's that type of thing. And also, 
that office is operating like 24/7 because it's their it's their hub for their sports book operations. It's not it's sure. not, there's no DFS stuff there at all. It's just sports book and casino stuff. So I got to see like the trading rooms and you know people you know the monitoring bets and you know the, the cool. people at supervisor in charge of stuff like and then talk to them and ask questions. Right. Oh, and, okay. and and tell them, you know, why can't I bet more than three dollars and 47 cents on it? You know, like talk about that type of stuff. And obviously, when, when especially in most tech offices, when you when you when you get to the front door, you know, they have security there and and you right. got to sign in. And one of the parts of the sign in is anything you see in here, you can't say anything about right? kind of okay. kind of that type of document. So so I'm not even sure. Like there's nothing there's nothing that I would could share that is unknown. So that's that's the best way of putting it is like I probably I I I don't believe I legally could tell you what I saw inside, but even if I could, it's not anything that is worth be worth share. I mean like it's like well I yeah. I talked to traders about how they trade bets and it's like well like if you any job as a trader would have those same it's like describing okay. how a stockbroker works. Like, right. like there's no there's no proprietary information in it. But if you didn't know that stuff, I mean, all those resources are available online anyway. I mean, like, do do they have ping pong tables? That that's all I want to know. I think I, there you, may have been a ping pong table there. Because that's kind of what I picture when you when you talk about the, like the quintessential tech mm-hmm. office where they're like trying to give you amenities. Ping pong tables is like the number one thing right. that I picture. But it's mostly mostly bigger rooms, open office space rooms with like desks with like different stations and they're all standing desks and they have like screen, like everything has like a two to four screen setup. Okay. And now, and now because it was Friday, uh, Memorial day weekend, like, like 3% of the workers were like, were there. Number one, a lot of their people work from home also. So it's like, it's a four story place. And I did, I, I just, I kept on saying, it's like, like, does anyone work? Does anyone work here? Like, we're going through rooms that that should house like twenty four people. That like, there's, there's there's no computers. There's no there's just desks and everything. It's like, oh yeah, well, no, like these are all the people that we employ. But like, either they're working from they're working from home, or it's Friday at four o'clock on Memorial right. Day weekend. Nobody's gonna be there, yeah. and nobody's gonna write. So like, the, I think I I, to, I saw a total, a grand total of six people. In the okay. entire, in literally wow. the entire <laughs> office, which includes All right. the person that I know that invited me to the tour because he lives out in Las Vegas. Uh, I, I probably could say who he, who he is. I mean, he's, I probably don't mention him on Twitter, but Steve McLaughlin, who uh, used to, used to be the community, the director of community for DraftKings, he did okay. like the VOP committee that I was on. Right. I, I was I was actually going to bring up that committee. The, the, right. The no, that doesn't that right? hasn't existed for two years. But just, I mean, you, you say that, but then I saw Brian mentioned on uh, Brian Hooper mentioned on Lowell's that he had been invited to be on what sounded similar to me. And then yeah, I saw they, Travis Petty also posted a similar like they, it sounds like they're maybe doing a new one now or something. No, it's not a new one. They 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 created a whole new department that the focus groups are much more, much bigger. OK, so it's not like that. We, we started with like, here's 12 people that we could bounce stuff off that we that we, we we respected the diversity of opinions and everything and because they were going to share stuff that it was dis- distinctly under NDA like you cannot share the uh, seeing like like the flash draft stuff like yep. we knew about 6 months before it came out i mean before anyone even knew about it because we were literally looking at it going does this make sense does that make sense 
Where, where do you see the flaws in this? And of course, we 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 rip most of their stuff to shreds, and they go, "Well, thank you. Now we know what people are going to complain about." But <laughs> right. like, like, not going to change anything. It's just no, like, okay, thank, thanks for letting us know. And it's like, well, why don't you change? Well, because we're not going to change because that's what we decided on. Like, you you have no sure. power to do anything. Well, thank you for your feedback. Now we can tell the PR department what what the message is that we have to send out. Like that, it was that type of thing. So yep. what they're doing now, I believe, when they disbanded that is like, no, we're gonna have we're gonna reach out to five hundred different people for different things. Like if we need to test this one, we'll just reach out to fifty people and say, hey, can, do you want to? We'll give you some you know free credit, and here you go. Take a look at this little thing. Sign this little NDA, and maybe the types of stuff that they're looking at is stuff that comes out like two weeks later, three, like a very quick iterative type of type of things when needed. And they don't need this like very focused, like small knit group. Cause if they made that group a hundred people, like shit would get out and it would get out of hand and they wouldn't be able to, you can't have a hundred people talking at the same time, that type of stuff. But basically the guy that was in charge of that lives out in Las Vegas now and, I mean, he used to be on the two plus two boards also. So he's, I, hmm. I, I, I didn't know him, but I knew of his name back in the poker days when I, I don't played. know what you're talking that, That's a poker thing. Two plus two. Yeah. Two boards? plus two is a big forum, not any, okay. not as much anymore, but still, it's still prevalent. Uh, so like, so like last year went out to Vegas, like, Hey, what's that? And we went out to lunch. It's a type of thing of like, Hey, you're in town, whatever. And he's like, oh, why don't you take a look at our new offices? Says, come, come down. You could, you could, you could speak. You could look at our trading room and speak to some. If you have any questions about anything, talk to the trading people. And what? Okay. So me, and my wife went down. My wife pretty much played on her phone because she had no idea what the conversations were. It's sure. like, oh, okay, that's nice. And then I'm asking all this type of stuff about arbitrage and player profiling, and uh, she's like, eh, whatever, whatever. She's she's getting the, the 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 fancy coffee and the snacks that they have there, and and whatever. So. So I went, so I couldn't talk about DFS. There was no, like, even, even the, the, the people that are there for sportsbook operation, they have like nothing to do with, they've, yeah, totally different department, totally sure. different department. They're not even, they, 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 it feels like they don't even barely understand how daily fantasy sports even works. Right. Like as a, as a, as a thing of like, oh, like, I, 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 I like, like, it's you know, the, the head separate. of DFS, the head of DFS for DraftKings actually uh, lives out here in Minnesota. I think that's his title, head of DFS. I've, I've DM'd with him a little bit, probably going to get coffee with them at some point. But I was shocked to learn that he's in Minnesota and not in, I think of Boston as being like the headquarters for yeah. DraftKings. I didn't even realize that Los Maybe Vegas you're getting fish. Maybe that's not the guy. Maybe, maybe. But, no, it's, uh, I, I confirm that he is the guy based okay. on based on the, the DraftKings people following him. Uh, talking to a couple people. That's how so. that's how uh, that's how little DFS matters to them anymore. That they could just like, you know what? We're just going to leave you out in the middle of Minnesota. Like we don't we right. don't need you at the office right anymore. Yeah, no, they don't need them there. Uh, but but it but it was was interesting. I mean, just it's it's an office, whatever. And you can't most, you can't talk about what you learned. You can't talk. About I, anything I, there's nothing I really learned. I mean, all the questions I ask are the same questions that other people ask. And the responses I get back are practically the same responses that normally get. Get, get okay. asked back. I mean, like it's what you can expect. Yeah, it's what right. That's what I'm saying. There's nothing that there's nothing I'm I'm going to learn, other than the fact of maybe their process their processes. This is when it comes to like dealing with liquidity and markets and adverse selection. Is that they have a much they have a blunter method than what we would expect, and they'd rather not have a blunter method. They'd rather have a more precise method. But okay. as of now, for they're they're working on it, and then from a perspective, they they come from 
consider a casino type of mindset. So a casino, like when you when you go out to Las Vegas, when you go out to any casino, like, dude, there's like you have, are you a gold player? Are you a platinum player? Are you a diamond player? Like how often do you come here? How much action do you give? Right? I went on a carnival cruise for almost nothing, right? You couldn't get that. Why? Because I went on six carnival cruises before and I played 1,500 points worth of blackjack every time, right? So there, here you go. Here's pretty much nice. a free cruise. I mean, but you can't get that. So like they they think in those terms of who are their best customers? They're going to prioritize them and mm-hmm. their action over ones that they don't believe are their most valuable customers. And if you can't get the money down, even on markets that are efficient, it's because that liquidity is going to people that they prefer more than it, it has. It has nothing to do with you. If, if it's available, sure, but you're just not high on the priority. Like it's it's yep. you're there. We have all these comps that like on, on carnival cruises, the way that it works is that they have all these comps available and then they're going to give those out regardless and it's just like, how are you like, okay, we're going to start giving out these comps. Let's start from who's the most valuable person on the ship. Who's the second most valuable person on the ship, sure. you know, stuff like that. And if you have some cruises, you'll be the 81st person. Some cruises, you'll be the 16th person. And it just, mm. why did they get a free spot treatment? And I didn't. And even though we're both playing at the same blackjack table, it's like, well, they've been on 14 cruises and you've been on six. Like that's like they're available to you, but it's just like nope, we're prioritizing them. So that's that's kind of the reasoning that okay. that I, I've gotten a sense of that because because one of the main questions is like like dude, if I'm beating you on MLB props, like why can't they put a five grand bet on a NFL side five minutes before the game? Right. Like it's like what's the because they have a blunt methodology, right? Because they have a blunt methodology. It's just like well, we have X amount of liquidity available at the time, and we're not going to prioritize you. Right, and we know that you beat us in MLB props, so screw you. If you even even though we know that you don't have an edge on this bet, there's some Joe also betting five thousand dollars. We're gonna give it to him because sure. if we don't give it to him, he's gonna go somewhere else. You, you're, you're, you're price sensitive. You're, you're, you're you have no brand loyalty to us. So, so yeah, so you, you're gonna be you're gonna be treated worse. Do I necessarily agree with that that mentality? Not necessarily, but at least at least it's a reason. At right. least it's like from a business perspective, if they believe that that's that generates more profit for them, I, how do how do I blame them? Right, that's, right. I, that's, that's, that's what the business is doing, trying to make some profit. Right, and then you take a look at the circas of the world, the pinnacles of the world. I mean, mostly circa. It's like, you know, why you can't beat MLB props at circa? I don't because they don't have them. Oh, <laughs> right. I don't, I, don't, I don't even know what circa is. So. Right, so Circa, Circa is considered the, the American sport, the, the, the sharp sports book okay. that it basically takes whatever acts, like they operate the the sharp model of set limits low and move the line based on profiles. And But if you want to put 10 grand down when the limits are 10 grand, we'll, we'll take action from anyone type of thing. Okay. Their margins are lower, but they also can't offer a menu of 30,000 bets on a given day. Because sure. they can't have efficient lines on a thirty. That they can't. They can't do that for for college basketball rebound props for a play. Like, dude, they 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 can't play defense on all those markets. They right. can play defense on eighty markets, right? And then if the limit's fifty grand, we'll take fifty grand bets on from anyone, right? But they can't offer you three hundred thousand different bets and first half lines of you know. 
offside calls in the second quarter of some Monday night football like game. They just don't do those. So it's sure. like you you can't you they're not gonna get beaten that way. But if you don't if you think their lines are off and the limits are high enough, they'll take action from anyone. So that's that's their model. And I understand why that's a you know, they do it that way because it's a good differentiator from most of the other books. It's just that if you're there going for props, like that that ain't for you. That ain't the place because they ain't gonna play defense on those until until they're able, till the technology or the, the whatever this, if they're they're able to. I mean, most most places can't. Most of the time, props are like almost vanity, right? Right, like that they're there as as a as a plus, not as the way that you know, like that that you start putting five hundred bucks down on all these props, like you're gonna be you're gonna you're gonna get li- no matter if you're winning or losing, you're probably gonna get limited. To some, because huh. the liquidity is not going to be there. Like it's going to come down right. to prioritization of, dude, like you're like one of the only people betting this 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 hits prop on the Royals game for Vinny Pascantino. It's like mm-hmm. we we're, we may only take on this market nine hundred and sixty seven dollars, and you're and you're five hundred of it, right? Like, like we can't just give you all of the liquidity all the time. So we gotta we. You got to limit it. And obviously as more people catch on to markets that are not being defended, well, the liquidity starts going up and they're like, well, once they see the liquidity go up, they know, okay, we have a market that's being attacked. So it's like, we don't mind taking a thousand dollars total on this market. Yeah. But now you have 57 people that want to bet it rather than three, right? Right. People find it and they go. And next thing you know, yeah. When it was a thousand dollars liquidity, you could put down 300 bucks on it because there's only three people betting it. But when there's right. 57 people betting it, it's like, how do we take bets from 57 people? Well, we could give them like $12 each. So that's kind con- like, this is the explanation of like how, yeah. how this is, how this is done. It looks horrible from an optics perspective. Cause if you right. don't understand even that, even if you disagree with the methodology, you can understand why a sports book would operate that way. Yeah. Right. But from the front end of the spectrum, it just looks like, wow, I've won some props over the past week. And, and now, now you're limiting me. Now you're limiting me. And now you're also limiting me in just like an efficient mark. I just want to bet on the Mavericks game or something right. for fun. And I can't bet. I have to, it has to be sent to a trader for 50 bucks. Right. Cause I can only, it only allow me $23 and 17 cents. Up until that point, it's like, why? It's right. like, yeah, because it basically, the technology has profiled you as someone that we should watch the liquidity of, and it's just across the board. Sure. And hopefully could get better on that. So that, is there anything that I've shared that like is, like is unknown, is proprietary? No, this is. I don't think so. This is how they, if you, if you, if you watch videos of like sports betting conferences where like sports book operators are, they have panels about this stuff. I mean, like it's, this right. is not. It's not like, oh, well, SB Tech at DraftKings does it. This very specific, like, no, this is just a common industry standard kind of mentality of thinking about it. Okay. Hmm. And you're you're doing a lot more, more, uh, you know, running. Seems like you do a lot lot, lot more, uh, you know, running the top lineups and top prop parlay. So it seems like Stochastic is putting out a good amount of tools yeah. That make it a lot more efficient that if you are utilizing stochastic projections, 
but only stochastic projections that you could plug in. Like you don't, you don't, like stochastic does. Like we're going to talk about this sim tool. Yeah. But your 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 like parlay slash. We've got, we've got Bet Pro. We've got Pick'em Pro. So right. like we've got yeah yeah uh, yeah. But for those for those tools, can I upload my own projections for that? Statistical. Uh, no, you can't. No, not not to Bet Pro or Pick'em Pro. And then we also have the Odd Shopper channel where we also have Odd Shopper Pick'em, uh, Odd Shopper Parlay, etc. Right. All, all but it's all but it's all based around the statistical use. projections that drive the DFS so, projections, right? Yes, for, for on the stochastic side, yes. So we have two different models. The stochastic side is going to be like how the uh, based on the stochastic projection. So it's going to be how do these different lines look based on the stochastic projections. On the odd shopper side, it's also market based. Uh, so the odd shopper, it's actually not using stochastic projections at all. It's just based on like how uh, different props compared to other props. Uh, right. You know, the it's same it's type the difference the between the top down approach and the bottom up approach. Yep. One is originate. One is we are originating a projection and then yep. comparing it to a line. The yep. other one is just we don't know what the projection is, but here are all the lines, and here's where they're where they're. One book has it at minus two twenty. This book has it at minus one eighty. This book right. has it here. Like it's it's that that is what it is. It's shopping, and it, and it weights the sharper books. I think is is my impression. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know the ends of it. I have nothing to do with the production of it. I also can't even use it in Minnesota. But my understanding is the the market based approach also like weights heavier the the sharper books. So they give you know it's sort of like a different way of like doing projections based on just the market. Right. But I mean, but you can't, but, but for the, for the origination, like I can't, up, I can't upload Derek Hardy's bat projections into right. bet pro and then have it show me like, it has to be based on the stochastic correct statistical projections. Yep. But the sim, but the sim tool is different. So this new, this new, this new tool, the whole, the yep. Holy grail, right? You, the you, Holy grail. It's not the Holy grail, but I'm just using that term because if you've listened, I mean, we're on episode what 103. If you go back, I mean, I may have, I, maybe before Justin Freeman, the Run the Sim, when I had him yep. on with Run the Sims, it was even before that, of talking with people of like, that do, that run simulations. And I go, well, the Holy Grail is, can you accurately predict all of your contest lineups? And then simulate that, God knows how many times, and then see yep. what the ROIs of of and the and the distribution of outcomes of payouts, you know, the variance of each lineup. And then once you do that, it's like, do you need do you do you need anything else, right? Other right. Th- other than that, like that would be the holy grail, the most precise methodology outside of a time machine, right? right. If you put in the most accurate projections. And you can most accurately represent the field. You should be able to run like any one lineup against the field of lineups and get the simulated ROI of anything, of anything you want. (laughs) And then you just play whatever diverse portfolio. And then obviously there's portfolio theory if if you're playing more than one lineup. But like that, that would be like the Excel tools that I offer in uh, theoryofdfs.com. Uh, um, you're essentially trying to piece that together. I mean, the portfolio correlation matrix I've shown on on multiple shows how let's try to figure out what the the top 100 most owned lineups are going to look like based on if it, people are using stochastic projections, this is what they're going to play more often, right? We're going to yep. see these combinations more often. People use these projections, they're going to see these combinations more often. You look at the ownership, you go, what combinations fit in what salary things? And you go, okay, I could... 
I could kind of predict like what the most popular 50 to 100 lineups could be, right? Yeah. Based on this, now once we get down to the outliers with the 1% owned guys, it's, it's much there's, there's much more margin of error. Yeah. But but if you could do that, cuz you could do that post like you like the stochastic sim tool has a post contest simulator like that's Yep. That you basically you could simulate from what you had the actual lineups that were in the contest. Right. We have the actual lineups now, so we can simulate ROI knowing what the actual ownership was, knowing what the stack ownerships were, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Right. And then then go, okay, based on our based on your projections, right? Your player projections, run the simulation and go, okay, what was the actual what's the simulated ROI? What's the actual ROI? And then that yep. that's 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 all you're looking. That's all you're looking at. So the post contest simulator is absolutely useful, but that's more like a results DB, a more like a lineup rewind type of thing of study. Like I built a bunch of lineups. Holy shit! Yeah, I didn't build good one. <laughs> Turns out, right. based I didn't I didn't build good lineups. Right? I misconstrued ownership. I mis whatever. Right. Uh, but the pre contest simulator uh, is very useful. I think. If you know what you're doing, yep. I I've tweeted out that I predict at least I, I said 95%. I've watched some 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 uh tutorial videos. I've watched Steve go yep. through, I've watched Greg go through. Before I would have said like 19 out of 20 people will use this wrong, and now I've upgraded it to 99 of a hundred. <laughs> like I I, I, I I actually I I, I actually think that uh, it won't it, it won't make people worse, right? Mm-hmm. And in actuality, it may it may it may make people slightly better, even if they use it wrong, even if they use it improperly. Sure. Like, but I don't. I and I, dude, I've been in RG Discord talking about this also, like mm-hmm. people in the bat chat or whatever, and you know what. Dude, even even the people that are are aware of like are are decent players that are aware of concepts in in the theory of daily fantasy sports and the stuff I talk about in the morning. A lot of them, them, they are even confused on well, what. So, uh, to be fair, I think that's because it's there's never been anything like this before. So it's like people. Well, there no, really there has. It's just understand. that uh, it's just that it's just that all the top people use it. It's the same thing as optimizers. Of like, there was an optimizer before Fantasy Cruncher. It's just that Sahil was doing it himself. I mean, like, like well, yeah, all the people were doing it proprietarily public before. Public, right. I mean, public. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, plenty, right. plenty of pros are using similar right. tools, uh, but there's never been anything public. So people, even sharp people, it's like this is a new concept to them. Contest level sims, as opposed to like game level sims, it's a right. totally different type of thing to do. So yeah, maybe maybe right away without any training. I mean, that's that's kind of our job, right? It's that's what Steve and Greg are trying to do is teach people how to use this tool for the contest that they're playing, how to use it successfully. I haven't actually watched their tutorial videos yet. I've talked to, you know, obviously people uh, at Stochastic about the best way to use the tool. I have my own. Uh, I think we're all kind of on the same page about the best ways to use the tool. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be a little bit of a learning curve just because, yeah, nobody nobody's used anything like this before. No, but I don't um, think people understand the concept of what they're like. I seriously, Neil, people don't understand what it is that they're even doing. So like, for yes. instance, they don't like, yet. Right. Yes. For instance, on Roto-Grinder shows, right? I'm not even talking about my pregame show on Grinders Live or whatever when I do them. There are people that subscribe to Roto-Grinders mm-hmm. 
that look at the projections and they play head-to-heads and double-ups. And so uh, Aaron Judge was in the optimal lineup and I played him. It's like these projections are like, of course, of course, the optimizer chooses Aaron Judge. It's like, no, all it's doing is solving a knapsack problem with project. Like, like the yeah. optimizer isn't doing it, isn't thinking anything. You no. you think that's what it's doing, but it's not. It's not picking players. It's just saying, based on this fantasy point column, these salaries and these positions, how do I fit the most amount of this column points right. into those? It's That's what's called a knapsack problem. So you had problem. any kind of constraints, yeah. Right, yep. Right. Without any constraints, this is this is what this lineup is 114.81. Right? There's another lineup right. below it that's 114.79. So it's like if you're looking for the optimal lineup, it's just gonna be the highest median projected lineup that could fit in. You change Aaron Judge projection by a point less, he ain't gonna be in that. He's probably I mean, not gonna be in there. It's gonna be someone sewing out. Right. Right. And it's only because Aaron Judge is is fifty eight hundred and he projects for twelve and we already have a sixty eight hundred dollar pitcher that projects well. So like like dude, it's gonna just jam in the most expensive batter. Like like that's that's it, but it's not picking players. So it's like they don't even understand what the tool, like what it is actually they but think you're it's clearly oh, it's not talking players. about a high level player. <laughs> I mean I, No, I but think... I'm but dude, these are but these are remember, there's a whole subset of people that play DFS and only a small portion even subscribe or watch these types of shows or your types of shows. So now we're still 80% of the people that are playing. Of course, they're not playing liquidity wise. They're low because it's ones and twosies and everything like that. But 20% of people that are, you know, subscribing to stochastic or roto grinders or wherever, like they're already the top 20% of like being aware of stuff. And a lot of them don't, they, you don't know what you're looking like. You may be doing the right, th- like, would I play the top bat optimal lineup in a double up? Yeah, right? You could probably play any of the top 50, right? Sure. Right? And uh, and you'll probably be profitable as long as you're finding opponents that are building worse lineups, right? If everyone's playing top 50 bat optimals, then you're going to just get eaten alive by the rake, right? You're not going to be a big loser, but you're not going to, you're not going to make any money, but right. Like the line, the optimizer isn't choosing people. It's not choosing player. I'm right. dude. You, I, I dude on your own shows. I'm running, I'm running fantasy crunchers. Giving me, it's giving me a lot of this guy. So, Oh, fantasy cruncher likes this guy. Like, no, it doesn't like anything. It doesn't, you're, you're, you think that's what it is. All it is, is that based on your constraints, based on the ownership and projection of this player, based on all of your settings, like this guy just happens to fit in the top 72% of those lineups that if you change another constraint, you may get only 10% of them. And it's not right. because they like him or not like him. It's just that it's just solving a knapsack problem based on your, whatever it's constraints not, you put on it. Yeah. Right. Right. So it's not telling you, right. It's not telling you that they think it's telling you that they may end up getting to the same point. It's like, no, no, they're building good lineups, but they just don't understand what they're like looking at. I, I view the stochastic, sim tool to be very similar only because the number one thing that I would say 99% of people are not going to understand is that the set of lineups that you put in is the contest. It's not judging lineups objectively. 
Right. That's and that's the, the and number that's, one communication that's on us, though. thing. Right. That's, that's, that's on so you. we need to be communicating and we need to be teaching people this over and over. So I agree with you that like right now nobody's going to know how to use it unless they you know have a very good understanding of this stuff. Well, well they, like, they could no no deal. They could use it. So worst case scenario, like for instance, this is how I this is how I think people what they what their initial if they weren't you know prompted with anything would do. They would go to FC or they would go to lineup HQ. They would go to wherever place they generate lineups with whatever projections they have or whatever and go, okay, I want a lot of this guy, that guy. That They're going to build their, their how they would normally build their yep. set of 150 lineups or 20 lineups or whatever the amount of lineups. Then they're going to go, oh, I'm going to build more than I need. I'm going to build... I'm going to build 2000 of them, right? I'm going to right. I'm going to go through and it's like I want to play more of the Padres, I want to play less of the Rangers, I want to play more of this guy, I want to play less Mitch Keller. They're going to go through and they're going to build 2000 lineups. Whatever, sure. x amount of lineups. Yeah. And they go, "Well, I only want I'm on, like these are my exposures and these are anything and this is what I want to only play 150 of these." So they're going to take those 2000, they're going to put it in the sim tool and then they go, "Show me which are the best lineups." They're going to use the term best, highest ROI lineups out of these 2,000. They're going to go, okay, I want to play the top 150 of these. And you, and based on what we just said, that's not what it's showing. That's like the the top 150 in that set is, are not the best lineups for your contest. Why? Because it's not representative of your, it's not, it's literally not representative of your contest. It's It's representative representative of your lineups lineups that you entered. Yeah. yeah. Right. No, I agree. That is going to be a huge part of teaching people how to play, explaining that like you're trying to create 2000 lineups or hopefully it's going to be more than 2000 eventually, but however many lineups that's going to be representative of the field of lineups, which honestly, that, that is the hardest. That's the hardest part of doing it. It's figuring out how to create lineups that are going to look like the field. It is, it is, it's a difficult equation that uh, that's going to be, I think the next edge is learning how to use it appropriately to create lineups that are going to look like the field. Neil, I know you probably don't have the answer because it's above your pay grade. Sure. I'm assuming that Alex could solve that. I'm assuming that Alex could solve that. Because that's what other people, the thing is, is that that's what other people, like when you talk to players that do simulation, that's, that is what they're doing. Like you talk to nerdy tenor. It's, and, and, and to be clear, it is probably the most difficult part of the entire process. To, of, to make, make lineups that match the field. Yeah. There's right. like, you can get, can try to get close using like ownership projections and stack projections and stuff, but there's still difficulty in how to piece them together to match right. what the field is going to look right. like. Right. You could get so, the yeah. exposures, right? I mean, you could, dude, what, what you suggest in, in the tutorial videos is like, well, just make the min max ownership in FC or whatever optimizer you're using. You know, if so-and-so pitcher is 30, going to be 32% owned, have 32% exposure in that set of whatever amount of lineups have, you know, if 12% is going to be these stacks and 10% are going to be those. So put them in as 12%. But the thing is, is that are the 12% of Yankee stacks, how many will have Mackenzie Gore at 4% in their lot? Like you'd like, you need, like the individual lineups are going to be a problem. So that to generate all of that. Now, the thing is, is that if you get it wrong, I don't think you're going to be worse off than you you're are just, right now. Then you're already playing. Yeah. Right. It's just like, even if I just built 150 lineup set, like a normal, as I would normally build 150 lineup set and then decided I want to play the top, the best 20 I can in the, in the 20 max. 
and I put it through just those 150 as if they're competing against each other and then say, I'm going to take the top 20. I, I, are they really the top 20? No, but they're like objectively, the ones that are higher are going, are probably going to be better than the other ones, even if it's only marginally. Right. But you'll probably won't be stuck playing the lineups that are dramatically worse than the other ones. And a lot yeah. of playing DFS, especially when you're multi-entering, is avoiding playing the bottom 20% of lineups that is the cost of the cost of doing business type of lineups where yep. where like I, I want to get rid of the the high the the the, the, the loss leaders as you the loss leader, right. Exactly. Yeah. Those type of I think this tool at worst case scenario, even if you use it without understanding that the 2000 lineups are competing against each other, not the field. Right. And you just cut it out to like, well, the top 150, the top 150 of those probably don't contain any lineups that if you compared it to the field would be part of that, that really, that those negative, really ne- the one X, two X, the rate type of lineups. Right. That you see sharp players. If you, if you'd ran post contest Sims, you will see plenty of, pl- plenty of top level players yep. have a 150 set and you'll look down at the the last eight lineups and be like, "Wow, these are then the po- running really your bad. own simulation would be like, "Wow, these are heavily negative ROI lineups." Right. It's like, well, the only way to get the, the the ones at the top is to get the ones at the bottom, also. Right. And that's the and, and until you have a way of like weeding that out, like I think you could use the tool for that. But I think the the main thing is is explaining to people that like at at its at its core. Like this, Neil, would you think this is a good explanation? Because I can't explain this on my show because it's not a Roto-Grinders product. Sure. Right? Uh, so in its simplest form, upload two lines, uh, generate two lineups, right? So it's a head-to-head, essentially. So if mm-hmm. you put in two lineups, this is what I tried to explain to someone else yesterday. I said, let's say you generate two lineups and the lineup has, one lineup has a median of 110. The other lineup has a median of 105. Right. Assuming that the range, it's all a normal distribution, right? So we're not going to get into nuances here. So if you ran a simulation of the two lineups against each other, the lineup with a median of 110 is probably going to win like 58% of the time, right? Sure. The other one will win 42% of the time. The ROI for the first lineup may be like 8%. The second lineup may be like minus minus 23%, right? Because you have to account for the rake in there as well. Uh, so it'll tell you that lineup A at median 110 has an 8% ROI, right? Yeah, against the other lineup. But exactly. let's say you're playing against a lineup that has a median of 157, right? Which is obviously, you know, 47 points high. Like, dude, your ROI is going to be absurdly low. Like, the sim- if you ran that lineup against your lineup, your lineup would be minus, you know, 70% ROI. Right. Like, so it's not an objective like, oh, this lineup. Yeah, that out of these two lineups, this lineup beats that lineup and gives you this ROI against just this lineup, but not against yes, right? Like like so yep. if you gen- if you generate lineups that like dude, I could go in, I could set let's say the optimal the median lineup for an MLB NBA NBA even better, right? More normally yeah. distributed. The median the optimal is two eighty six, and I go in and I generate lineups that have a median uh projection of 110 mm-hmm. right essentially i'm playing like guys that only play four minutes of the game right like that right. that type of lineup and i and i build 2000 of those 
And I put it into the simulation tool. It will tell you that there are some of those lineups that have an 80% ROI. Correct. Right. Yes. In a contest that includes 1,999 lineups that also have a median projection of 110. Yeah. So you but do if have you played good those lineups, lineups in against music. people yes. that have, like, they, dude, you, you'll never win. Right. So, like, t- explaining those two things together of like, it's just comparing lineups as if the contest exists. So, like, for, for you have a, a, a column in there is like, like player ROI, right? Yeah. So it's like, oh, what players generate the most ROI? Well, that's really dependent on how many how many lineups have, have that player. player. So like yeah. like in it in, in for instance, let's say I locked in Blake Snell. And to all I played two thousand Blake Snell lineups. You know what the ROI of Blake Snell will be? It will be all of the ROI. I mean, because yeah, right. every what how how much ROI does Blake Snell contribute to your lineup? Nothing, because every lineup, like the entire, he's a hundred percent owned. Which you asked me that question, I'm like, I don't actually know what the answer would be. Then, if I have Blake Snell in every single one, no, the ROI know, should be the red. Like the ROI would be minus fifteen percent. Fifteen percent, right? Yeah, it would be yeah, whatever the rake is. Is and be like, oh, well, I shouldn't play. But no, it, it's only because you're you're running the contest as if Blake Snell is a hundred percent on. Like, right, right. It's just it's not. But he's going to be 40% owned. It's like, yeah, so you have to run it with 40%. Like, you could only right. be in 40% of lineups, right? Yeah. Right? In order to, to make up for that. It's the same thing for if you build a, a contest, a, a 2,000 lineups, and there's, you know, whatever player, you know, Hao Sung Kim or whatever, is in one lineup. Like, you know how much variance there is on where that, where sure. he was, he's a one-off in one lineup. But you can it also could, see that he's in only one lineup, and you know if you if you know what you're doing, you'll understand that there's a lot of variance in his ROI player right, ROI. Right, but yeah. you but you could see how the average DFS player could just run. I'm gonna just run a bunch of lineups that I kind of thinking about playing. I want 10 percent of this stack, 10 two percent of that. I want an NFL. I want a three plus two lineup. I want like and they put in all that stuff and they go here. Here are the candidate lineups that I'm thinking of. Rank them for me, and it's like that's yeah. not what this tool that that's 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 no. more what saber saber sim. What they do is more similar to that. What of like right. we're going to just score this from as a saber score, object more objectively. But even then, I talked to I've talked to Jordan. That's also exists within the the set of the lineups that you're putting in. Also, it'll rank your right. lineups in comparison to others in that set, but not objectively against. What no, we believe is the field lineup is going to be. I mean, to me, that's that's what you 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 do. Like, who is right. mo- who is more skilled? Who is more equipped to say we're going to predict the exact thirty eight thousand seven hundred and eighty four lineups that are going to be in tonight's MLB GPP, and then we're going to show you the ROIs of all the lineups, and you get to pick which ones you want to play. I mean, like, to me, that's the, to me that's end that's end game. Right. And that's so, yeah, as you said, this is not quite, we're not at end game yet, but it's a step in that direction. Clearly, as you said, it is leaving out that, that big step of like, how do you replicate the field? But now so many of us, you know, prior to this, I had no way of even trying to do this. Right. So now it is, it's something that allows players like me who kind of have an understanding of the concepts, but like are not programmers, don't really know how to like make this type of tool. It gives us the ability to try to solve that equation of how am I going to make lineups that match the field? And as you said, like 
yeah, people are going to play this and they're going to use it wrong. But as you said, like, they're also probably not going to get worse by playing. Like, you'd have right. to use it way wrong. Like you said, you're using the example of all the players with a projection of four fantasy points or something. But I don't think people who are going to be using this tool are going to be that bad. So I think, like, well, you never people know. who use it are going to. It's pos <laughs> it is possible. I've, there, we have some people in YouTube chat who it wouldn't shock me. But in general, I think that we're going to have people paying $100, 80 a month are going to $180 a month are going to like have some understanding of DFS are going to be really trying to be good DFS players and probably entering like highly projected lineups in general. So I don't I, think, I think this, th tool th that this people are going to get worse. This using. decreases the skill gap between the above average player and the great player. Yes, exactly. exactly. Right? I, I don't think it turns the, I don't think it turns the slightly break even player into a better player only because I don't think the slightly break even player is barely at the level of which thinking that this tool even like like I I view I view a, a spectrum of different types of players. The worst players, they would look at this and go, "Why am I paying one hundred and eighty dollars for a computer to tell me what to do? It doesn't know anything about sports." I mean, those are the people we love to have in our contest, right? Then right. we have like the the mildly break even players, like maybe they're within the rake, minus fifteen percent to zero percent. There, they would be probably better off learning more like theory concepts. So then they could use yeah. the tools better first. I feel like you're underselling uh, how difficult it is to be break even, though. Like I think that uh, like a, a, an actual break even player is like could probably learn how to use this tool. Maybe right. not. I don't know. But right. It's, but it's, I'm like just I'm level. just saying in order to use the tool better and use the tools better, probably getting more of a statistics background to understand what the numbers mean. Understanding now, game. Yeah. yeah right. Understand sure. game theory and why you're doing certain things and how they interact with one another. Then once you're above break even which is only like the top like 15% of all players. Yep. The differences between the top and bottom of that is not that dramatic. But if you could add, like my, my attitude is that like at, depending on your volume, obviously, if you could add 1% to your ROI, like Neil, if you could add just 1% to your ROI, $180 a month, not only pay for yeah. itself would, would yeah. make you more money. I mean, like, like, say, and that one percent could just simply be weeding out the bottom twenty lineups in your sets and replacing them with better lineups. With I mean, like, just sim and your lineups that have a have a theoretical EV of a dollar twenty two now have a theoretical EV. Now you're playing lineups that have a dollar twenty five. Right. Right. Well, well, Alex and Steve and Tom or whatever may have those types of lineups already. Now you're getting. A little bit close. It doesn't mean you're not profitable. It doesn't mean you can't wait. It's just now you're moving your ROI up closer to them, but you're not exactly. overtaking them. And also right. anyone that's in, in the in the break-even zone, like they're gonna move up a little bit also. Like this isn't like like, oh, everything, everything changes. And if everyone's using this, because it still comes down to you need to you do the margin of errors on predicting the field. I mean, it's it's literally what I do. I mean, that to yeah. me, that is my edge of like. Like, oh, this is what everyone in the industry projects ownership. And I'm running stuff. I'm running stuff through optimizers going, no, this guy's going to be way more owned. Or this guy's going to be way right. less owned because yep. of that. Because how people use tools. And then, especially for for small field contests. Like, to me, I would view this uh, much more useful for smaller field contests. Because I think the variance in the outlier results. So, like, for instance, Neil... If there was a fifty thousand entry contest, right? In let let's say football, let's a non-correlative sport. So let's just say football, right? Versus let's take a small. Let's take the Thunderdome, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say it's a fifty-person Thunderdome. 
type of contest or whatever, whatever, $1,500 contest, whatever it is. Uh, if the third wide receiver, if uh, Van Jefferson in the large field GPP is 0.8% owned, like is one, let's say he's 1% owned. We're talking about Khalif Raymond, some, some $3,200. So it took, you take a fly or something on 1%. 1% of 50,000 lineups is still 500 lineups. still competing, yep. Right, it's still 500 lineups that you need to represent somehow. What, what stacks, what game stacks are in, like obviously, if, you know, probably be more correlated with his own quarterback, right? But who knows? Imagine predicting what defenses are in people's lineups at when the defense is 1% owned. Sure. Like, good luck on that. There's 500 lineups with this defense, Good luck in predicting if what what stacks they're paired with and what running backs they're, dude. It's it you, but you still have to rep. There's still 500 lineups that look like that in a 50 person contest. That one percent on defense literally doesn't get owned, right? Sure. It's yeah, it's it, unlikely. Right. So they you don't even have to consider. You almost have don't have to consider players that in large field contests are one, two, three percent owned. They may, yeah. and then if they are owned in your 50 person contest, they're owned by one person. And it's there's less of a chance that that player wins because there's only one combination out against you. You're not sure what combination that is, but you're not up against 500 iterations of it to win first place in a contest that pays a million to first and got fucking steak knives to seventh place. So it's like, dude, I mean, when you play small field contests, like especially in NFL, like some running back at 2% puts up, you know, 32 points. Yeah. Like when you're playing, when you're playing like a under a thousand person console, like they probably they may not even be in the winning lineup. Yeah. I mean, like you, like if you misconstrued and you built your the field of lineups to put into the Sims, and you didn't get that right combination of that one lineup, I don't think it affects you that much. But no. in a large field, it could dramatically affect you because there's just more lineups that could have that player. So that's why I think in the small field stuff, when when ownership gets more condensed. Like, dude, I could like you show you show me, you know, the one twenty one in MLB, and outside yeah. of some one offs or something like that, like, dude, I like the ownership gets nuts. Like, a pitcher that's forty eight percent in the large field is seventy percent in the small field, right? And we have forty percent owned stacks. It's like, even with my Excel tool, my portfolio correlation matrix, I could I I literally I could run three hundred lineups uh, multiple times in lineup HQ run them all through the portfolio correlation matrix. And basically it'll tell me it's like, yeah, like, like a good 20% of lineups will have like a combination of like these six guys. Right. Right. And then it's like, okay, now let me build 20% of lineups that have this common. Now I can easily construct a little bit more of what a 200, 300, 400 person contest looks like. Yeah. And if I get some 1% own guy wrong, I don't think it, I don't think it kills. I, am I going to get it perfect? No, but I think it's much easier to recreate that. You don't have to worry about. Well, how about the stack against the set, the Spencer Strider? That's 0.58 percent. Like that. like no one yep. like if there yeah on occasion there will be people that do play it, and I don't have it represented in the one lineup out of 500. Right. That isn't as big of a deal as I don't have 500 lineups represented. Right. Like if I miss that guy, I'm missing 500 lineups I'm competing against. And that's just, there's, there's, 
Yeah. Be no, way, I, the I numbers are right. going to be it way It's more useful for smaller field contests. I think it's still useful for a larger field, but yeah, absolutely. It's going to be more accurate for smaller field. You also, you can only upload currently up to 2,000 lineups. So if you really want to represent the contest that you're in, you're going to have to do a contest that's 2,000 or fewer entries to be mm -hmm. totally representative of what you're trying to do. So yeah, I right. think I think you're right that it's more useful for smaller fields than, than like the largest field stuff. Right. Or worst case scenario, you just, I think it's useful to say, how can I build the top X amount of owned lineups? Yep. Try to put those together. You may, you may not get it exact, but it's like, these. this is the chalk that I'm competing against, yep. right? And then build build your lineup. I mean, truthfully, the, 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 the type of sim that I would want is I want to be able to upload the field lineups yep. and then upload my lineups, but I want it to sim everything one at a time. Sim everything one at a time. So, which means, let's right. say, let's say I upload two thousand lineups. Yep. Right. And I say these are these. This is my opponent. These are my opponents. Here are my one fifty line, hundred and fifty lineups. I want you to simulate the first lineup in my set against the two thousand. Okay, so not the against second, the, the, the your, your other one forty. No, my other one fit right because okay, maybe all. I'm not. Maybe I'm not playing one fit. Maybe what happens if I'm only playing one lineup? Like I'm not going to just upload one like. Like I want to, I want to upload all of my candidate lineups. Let's say I, I let's say I build three thousand lineups, right? And I'm going. I only want to play five of these. So I want to compare. Like if I were to play five lineups, I then the simulation tool takes five lineups at a time because obviously I'm going to be playing against my other four lineups also. Yep. And it takes only the only all the combinations of five of your lineups and puts it with a random of a nineteen hundred and ninety five lineups and then sure. goes through and then says. Based on your what you believe the field is going to look like in the other 1,995 lineups, we've run sets of all your fives, and these are the top ROI five. Like, something sure. like that would be obviously much more advanced, but it allows to, to, not, to be, you don't, you don't, you're not running lineups that you're, you're only running lineups that you're playing against lineups that you weren't expecting to play. But in the current sure. form, you're kind of building, you're either going to be going into an into a lineup builder and either going i'm just going to represent the field i'm yeah. not saying that i'm a, i want to play any of these lineups but i just want to represent the field and then maybe i choose a lineup that we is representative of what is going to be played and i just happen to be the user that's playing that one or it's going to be the, the thing where i'm putting in all my candidate lineups and it's not representative of the field and based on if it's competing against all my other lineups which one is the best the first one is much more accurate than the second yep. one yeah i think that's i mean that's the the optimal way to play it i guess is trying to represent the field rather than trying to play just like two thousand of your best lineups um yeah as you said i think that it's still going to make the lineups being entered generally better if people use that second approach but yeah the, the optimal approach right. certainly and and i mean to your point of like trying to run your candidate lineups against the lineups representing the field you can do that it's just going to take you a long time of to course. run the Sims over and over. Yeah. Right. You can still see how are these right. lineups going to do against these other 1995, but yeah, it's going to, going to take you a lot longer. Right. And you could, and, the th and also the thing that makes it useful is that you could upload your own projections. You can. Yep. Right. So I could, I could even aggregate stochastic projections with other projections and upload that. Yeah. Right? Whatever, whatever you right, want, whatever you want. Projections. Right. So, so that, that's fine. And you guys automatically take into your, your, your correlation coefficients. Correct. Yeah. Right. Correlation so is included. It's not, it's not a player by player Monte Carlo based simulation. 
No. You're 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 simulating a whole outcome together with other so, you know, obviously one pitcher gets 42 points, the opposing team also doesn't have like 17 right. runs. Yeah. Right? In that in that instance because one is negatively correlated to the other. Yeah. yeah. Right, that type of exactly. thing. That that's yeah. that's important in simulation methodologies as well. Yep, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, correlation is factored into the sims. Uh, have you have you have you already gotten feedback that oh my god, one hundred and eighty dollars? Oh, plenty of feedback. Yeah, plenty of people are like, why would I ever pay one hundred eighty dollars a month for for this tool? It doesn't make any sense. You know. Yeah, we've got that feedback. Right, and it, and it, and it's one it's one of those things where, just like you know, oh, Cardi charges what like four hundred dollars a season for the bat projections, and I go right. And people, oh, why would I pay four hundred dollars for projections? Like, why? I would pay four thousand dollars for the projections. Right. Like, should be more. <laughs> it should yeah. be more. Like the hundred. Like to pro, to do to build a tool like you have, right? Without any programming experience. Like, dude, it's it's worth way more a than one hundred eighty dollars a month. Right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's that's uh, generally the, the people who are giving us that feedback, and, and there are people like I feel bad. Like there there are certainly people who are who want to use the tool and don't have the money for it. I understand that it's not, not everyone's going to be able to use it. But then the people who are just like, oh, why would anybody ever pay $180 a month for this? This is a scam. Like there, there's one very vocal guy on Twitter. And I'm like, yeah, and I've never heard of you before. Like you do DFS content. I don't even know what your DFS username is. Uh, you're, you're, you know, th these are the people that are going to give the most negative feedback are just like, you're not good at DFS. You don't understand the concepts of DFS. Of course, you're not going to see the value in this tool. Right. Well, that's what, but that's, but that's who it's geared for. It's like I take a look at this and go, this, that's this, cool. This is this yeah. is this is something that is useful to me. Right? Is it the be all end all? Oh, I just have to press a button and I get all. No, right. It's, it's a tool like you don't just press a button on an optimizer and it spit out three hundred lineups out of the bed. Yeah, you'll have three hundred cash lineups that have no correlation, and you'll right. wonder why you're losing money. It's like why isn't? Oh, it's a scam or whatever. Like, you don't understand even what what it is that you're doing. It's just, it's right. just a tool. It's only as good as the data you put in and the options you put in, whatever you're doing with it. Right. Like it's, yeah, it's we're all still it is. To be, we're going to be leveling against each other, trying to figure out how to use the tool. Uh, yeah, it's uh, there's still, still a ton of skill involved in the tool. It's not just making you incredible lineups for you, but it's allowing you to make better lineups than you were making before. If, if you understand how to use it. Right. Uh, and also I'm assuming a lot, a lot of the, the price tag is that, the the server the server issues that you that you you probably you, you probably I don't know don't, but I, I would imagine yes that that goes right. into it yeah Be because it has it I mean it's it's running simulations I'm assuming I mean people are going to upload their own lineups and their own projections it has yep. to it has to I mean no one's going to pay a for lot of people right and like I'm, I'm I'm talking about like if if it's three o'clock in the morning sure you're probably not going to have server not. issues but I mean you're talking about 20 minutes before lock of an MLB slate. Right. And you have people up like, like you can't have it that, oh, these simulations take 25 minutes to run. Like you, you they right. can't exist. You have to be able to have hundreds of concurrent users be able, able to, to simulate that. 40,000 times in a minute or two minutes, right. whatever, like right. pretty quickly. Right. Yeah, exactly. Which, it's, it's tons of constraints on the server. So yeah, I, I, right. I would imagine that is a big part of can you, can you imagine if people are paying, say we're charging a hundred bucks a month and then it's crashing before lock, like people would be furious. So right. yeah. Well, that, that's, yeah. if you were if you were doing this yourself, you would have to pay for, you have to run something through AWS or whatever, whatever service. And that, that costs money. Computing, computing power costs money. Yep. Right. Very true. Very but, true. But, uh, but I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going, I, I, I've not used it. 
right? I've only I've only looked at the the, the videos. Mm-hmm. Of course, of course, I was on like the wait list, whatever. But I know I was on vacation, and then yeah. you started with the NBA one, and I wasn't playing NBA, so I didn't I didn't necessarily. I never used the that. NBA one. Yeah, right. So like, but but I will take a look at it. Also, I think uh, maybe get get Steve on the show. Right. That'd be, that'd be Steve would be a good good person to have on the show. Right. To dis- discuss more about about using it, but I mean, I, I I think he would agree with me that the that the number one educational aspect to really hammer down is that really the name of the game that the, the name of the game with that tool is being able to represent the field yep as accurately as possible and there's and there's no there's no like there's no like well this is how you do it put all the right. exposure like that like dude that's not going to be the same individual lineups and then also explaining that here are some blunt ways to do this and understand that the variance of every blunt way that you do it is going to be ridiculously high. Right. Right. You're going to have outliers where it's like this. You're going to take the, what could, what could happen is that you take a set of two, let's just call it 2000 lineups that you build in whatever optimizer. Well, let's say 300 lineup HQ. You could build up to 300 at once. Uh, so I built 300 lineups in lineup HQ. And then I run the Sims with those 300 and it gives me X numbers and then I go back and I go, well, I'm going to have a little bit less of this guy, a little bit more of that guy. And like, dude, the individual lineups will change. Like, it's not going to be like, save those exact lineups. And so I run the 300. All the exposures kind of look the same, except for the little changes that I made. This guy's sure. a little bit more. That guy's a little bit less. And then I run the simulation again. And the lineup that had a 84% ROI now has a 17% ROI. Right. And be like, but I barely changed anything. He said, yes, that's how dramatic... Like you just created like 15 more Blake Snell lineups and you have right. you have 10 less Mackenzie Gore lineups. And in those Mackenzie Gore lineups, none of them have Aaron Judge, but the other set, two of them did. And right. in those Sims, that combination, that got you all the way up there. But in this one, you don't, that lineup literally doesn't exist anymore. Right. So that lineup can't have a higher, like, like that's how, that's how, how nitpicky it oh, could yeah. be. Now, directionally, it probably isn't going to be that dramatic, that different. But yeah, right. I know people are going to—they're going to run two—they're going to do two sets like that and go, "Well, it ran it and it showed this, and then it ran it and then it showed that." Right. Then I then I changed this one thing, and now everything's different. I go, "Yes, welcome to DFS." Do you understand yep. how much variance there is in DFS? Right. For fuck's sake. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's a it's a difficult concept for for a lot of people, but. Hopefully, hopefully people will get better at understanding how it works. Uh, the longer we have it out there, the more tutorials we give, et cetera, et cetera. You're not doing those tutorials, though. I haven't done any of those tutorials. I just started using it. I looked at it for the first time last fr- this past Friday. And, and Greg has been talking about it forever. Like we, we do shows together almost every day. Greg's been talking about it a ton. And I've been like, yeah, it sounds kind of interesting. But like in my head, it was going to be like the learning curve for this is going to be insanely high and i don't have the time to do it so i'm gonna just like i'll do it eventually and then finally it was like oh the, the tool is coming out so i actually reached out to uh, brian berriman and asked him to, to give me a little tutorial and then a few more of the content people came on and he gave us a little bit of tutorial and while we we're doing that i was like oh this is awesome like i feel like i've really hurt myself by not getting into it sooner like before more of the field is using this tool uh but i 
it also kind of sucks that I'm always on shows before lock. So I'm like, I probably still can't use it most days because I'm not really going to be able to be running Sims, running like creating 2000 lineups and running Sims while talking about the slate in the hour before. So it's uh, it's still going to be a little bit of a struggle for me. But um, yeah, I, I so far have not done any tutorials because I'm still pretty, pretty novice at it, to be honest. I'm like, it's it's really cool. I'm excited about it. But also I haven't figured out how I think I'm going to try to represent the field other than like, yeah, I can do exposure caps and stuff, but I don't think that's probably just the the ideal way to just do that. It's pretty blunt to just do cap exposures uh, based on ownership, player exposures based on ownership. I feel like I got to do a little bit more to try to match the actual lineups as opposed to just the players that people are using. Right. And also you have to be able, and I think another struggle with your audience is going to be uh, avoiding positive and negative feedback loops. Like sure. they're going to, what's going to happen is that people are going to use it wrong. They're not going to understand that it's playing the lineups against the other lineups, not the ones that are going to be in your contest. And then when they do well, it'll be like, yeah, because of X, Y, and Z. And when they like, do bad, cool. it's because of it. Like, like it's going to be one of those things of, oh, I guess I don't look at that. Any anytime that I do it based on this, I don't do as well. And it's like, first off, the variance is so high that you wouldn't be yeah. able to determine that for years. Right. right. <laughs> right? Within what standard deviation. And secondly, like, like, no, you're just, it's, it, you're using it. It's more like a justification tool of like, right. well, the tool said my simulated in the post contest sim, it said my simulated ROI is X. I just was just I, bad variance. Right. Right. And it's right. And then it, it, cause the, cause the thing is, is that the post contest sims, if you're having any type of reasonable generation of what you think the field is, the, Simulated ROI is going to be directionally the same way as the actual ROI using your same projections, right? If you right. threw in another set of projections, if you like, you understand that, so it can end up being right. like, like one one thing. Uh, when you run your own sims, there's no reason, like, like I know in MMA, right? Because MMA, everything locks. We know, and it's so so much easier to simulate that if you put in 150 lineups into in a large field MMA contest and you're running your own projections and your own everything, you should always be the highest ROI in your own Sims. Like, I mean, sure. like, yeah. like it's, it should always show that. Except for if you're, if you're nerdy tenor and you're trying not, if you're not trying to play exploitatively, right? So he's not always, but yeah, for the most right. part, yeah. But it, you should, you should always in your own simulations, right? Your lineup should be the best set of lineups amongst everyone else's set of lineups. So like, you have to go like, well, I'm getting unlucky every slate. It's like, no, it right. it could be that your simulations are they're not 100 percent accurate, right. right? So you so I could see a feedback loop of like, well, as long as the sims say that I'm good, I'm going to keep on doing it, and it's like, like that there there have been be slates for for MMA in particular where uh, somebody that we know who runs sims after uh, MMA lock had me as negative ROI, and I happen to be talking to. Uh, Daniel Hutt, Nerdy Tenor at the time, and I asked him, and he had me a slightly positive ROI. So, like, two two very sharp people who I really respect what they're doing, but like, still in their sims, one person had me as positive ROI, the other person had me expected ROI, I should say, the other person had me as negative expected ROI of like people that I respect. So, like, yeah, it can change a lot based on your inputs. Right, right. So, like, but people will overfit their process to fit that. Right. Oh, I did well today. So, I mean, people do that with optimizers all the time. Oh, I learned this setting on the, and they don't understand the setting isn't doing anything. It's just, 
It's a diversification setting. It's like, oh yeah, whenever I have two unique players rather than three, I do like, right. all that means is yeah. that your lineups are close, look closer to each other. That doesn't, right. that's no strategic difference there. No. Right. And they're just associating that to, to, oh, well I did well on that slate. It's like, well, that, it, it doesn't mean anything. Right. It does. It right. literally does. I get, I get that question. Sometimes. How, how many, how many uniques are you doing today? How many of this, how many of that? I'm like, these are, these are not good questions. I don't know how to, uh, it, it's frustrating sometimes. Right. You just say the stupid question. You move and on. And sometimes it's like, clearly you don't watch any of my shows if you're asking me that question. Right. 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 That's the thing yeah. that I get frustrated about. I, I know it is. I know it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, bad news. Is it, maybe it's not bad news for listeners. I've seen some comments. <laughs> uh, uh, you're not gonna be on the show anymore. Not gonna be on the show anymore. Well, I mean, maybe maybe you'll, you'll be back or whatever. So, yeah. uh, so j- just to let people know, it's not because Neil hates me, and it's not because I hate Neil. Well, it could. Be, well, it's a even, little bit because Blender right, hates right, me. maybe, maybe. Uh, essentially, during during like uh, outside of NFL season, like the, the show kind of like dips or whatever, and uh, and people get we have nothing to talk about. I mean, like. Like if it wasn't for 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 the Sims tool coming out, like what what we've t- talked about, it's like what's been going on a month or whatever. Ship it nation, obviously. Oh, uh, but I'm talking about that actually would help oh, yeah. people and their sure, the right. game theory and stuff like that. Probably not. So I'm gonna go back to similar to when when Eric, uh, you know, left to do like you know do more work on Spike Week, and just have people on every two or three weeks, and have a discussion. They're not interviews; they're just discussions. And then uh, probably step it up more during NFL season. So maybe you don't see another episode for a month, right? Maybe maybe it's two weeks from now. It's periodically. During football season, we'll probably do every other week or something and just get different people on. Neil, you could be one of those people, right? Over the, over the course of time, bring your bucket hat sure. next we'll time. come back sometime. Right. So I just want to just want to let people know that the show is not over. It's not ending, right? But... Neil, you're doing, you're doing, you're, taking you're, a new approach. Neil, you're doing more content than I, than I, than I'm doing now. I am. I'm, I'm, I, well, I don't know if that's, you, you still do a good amount of content when you're not, you're, you're taking vacations like twice a month. So maybe that's part of the reason you're not doing <laughs> as much content, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely doing a ton more content now. When, when we started, it was like you and I had had a discussion about like, oh, I want to get into the industry a little. Like I was still like, I kind of want to get into the DFS industry and you were like, yeah, I'll, I'll give you a shot. Like. We had, we had a good interview. You can come on my show. And that was sort of like my intro to the DFS industry to some to some extent. And now I'm like doing regular content. So yeah, I've appreciated being on the show. Obviously, it's been a, it was good practice for me at the beginning. It's been good talking to you on the show. So hopefully I'll come back sometime as a guest. What, what co-host am I the best practice against? Wait, say that again? Like, like the, oh, the best practice against. Right, they're oh. right. Like it, what co-host is very similar like as far there's as like, no, there's nobody like you, Blender. Let me, let me see if there's. It's certainly not not Adam. Um, Loffy, maybe. Could be Loffy. I could I could see maybe Josh. Either Loffy or Josh, I would say most. Ah, it's not Adam. I know sometimes that. it is hard to get a word in with Greg. Sometimes just because he's he's usually hosting, so like he's trying to like keep the show moving. But sometimes I'm like I want to interject, and he just like he will he will I think sometimes keep talking as a way of like. Uh, filling the gap before the next before the next thing he wants to talk about, and I'm like, I have something I want to say right now. So sometimes that can be. So it's probably Greg because I think he's the one okay. that I have to like interrupt sometimes. I never really interrupt Adam. I can wait till he's done. He gives me a, a natural pause. But yeah, pro- probably Greg is the uh, the person who like will we'll keep talking until I interrupt him. So I think probably best practice. For but if Greg. this was a game of like co-host hero, right? Like guitar hero, like I'd I'd 
I'd probably be like one of the diff the difficult settings. Oh, for sure you'd be the difficult <laughs> setting, especially for me as somebody who doesn't typically interrupt a lot. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's definitely been been good practice right. for me to to interrupt occasionally. Right. I need to get I need to get more people that are that are that are. I need to get I need to get Travis Mann going back on. You need right. more East Coasters. In general, right, I need more, need more right, exactly. I need more East Coasters, right? Yeah. Like to me, to me, to Travis, uh, Tambo, right? Those Tambo, are th yep. those are guys that they're right? gonna keep it going. They're right. Gonna, they're they, they, can, you, no they can problem. speak a mile a minute and I can I can interrupt here, they can interrupt there, and like, perfect. A lot of times it's just like the people that are like, oh, they're nice and slow. It's like, no, I don't want nice and slow. Keep on going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh but people can find you, player DFS. Player Q DFS yeah, on Twitter, yeah. and uh, you, you're tweeting all you tweet all your shows. I don't tweet all my shows. I tweet I most of them. Sometimes I sometimes I miss it, but yeah, I try. Now a lot of the the way the Twitter works now is that the the YouTube links actually decreases your visibility. So like I don't and especially if you're tweeting out this very similar things. So like I don't necessarily tweet out all like I'm going live on the pregame show today sure. for just a random Tuesday. I'll do it like for Mondays when James is on or Fridays when I do MMA or there's a special, you know, something like that. But that that's, that's, that's the only main reason that, uh, I mostly just, just uh, retweet for the most, like live shows. I don't right, do. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do something yeah. like that. Right. But that, that's, that's a lot of your feed. A lot of my feed. A lot. Of course you're going to get a lot of, you're going to get some wrestling stuff on my feed as well. Right. Sure. Cause I treat it. I treat my, my, to me, my Twitter is my personal Twitter. So it's like, it is right. It is what it is, and if you don't, if you don't like it, then, then mute me. I don't, I don't care, right? Sure, right. Of course, most people are DFS people, but I do. There's, there's, there's some. There's about like I think I have a two percent overlap of like pro wrestling and wrestling. DFS. There's, there's I don't some. know if anybody follows me who's not either DFS or best ball. I don't think I get a ton of like non non sports people. <sighs> okay, so you'll be back on during football season at some point. Sure. Yeah, right. let me know. Send me a DM. You know how to right. reach me. And then when next year when XFL comes back, you'll be the XFL specialist. Oh, we're gonna do XFL shows, huh? No, sure. No, but I mean, yeah, I, there's no reason why you couldn't come on. Are you excited for XFL, Neil? Are you excited for? Oh, hell oh there's yeah. gonna be a big contest, and three weeks later, it's gonna be like 20k total. Right. Yeah, get price. me in there for the for the 100k one before it drops down to like 5k to first. Right. Uh, okay. Any, anything else? No, it's it's been fun. I'm sure I'm sure we'll do shows uh, together at some point in the future, but I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing who you get on as guests. I've I've told you before that you should cut me and just do rotating guests. So uh, um, it's not. Um, I'm looking forward to to getting back as uh, being an audience member for these shows. Right. Well, but you listen to the guests, often. right? I do. I do listen to the right. guests ones. I always enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I I'm not, I'm gonna I'm after the after we're done with this I'm gonna I'll DM Steve. Right. I think. Steve and, and you know what I don't listen to? What. The ones where I'm the guest. <laughs> I don't want to watch those shows. I want to watch the ones where you have other people. So I'm do you, do you listen to, to your own high stakes podcast, like the episodes after they come out? I sometimes do. Depends on if I'm busy. If if I can catch it live, because there's like a live chat going on, I will chat with people there. Otherwise, I don't know that I would. I don't like watching myself on shows. So I, I do it only because like I want to be there to interact, chat with people. But oftentimes I have shows like during the period when high stakes comes out. So then yeah, I don't end up rewatching them most of the time. You don't want to get better. You don't even review your tape. I've already. I've had the conversation. I was there. I was there for it. Yeah, but you don't oh, know how, better how it came better out. As, you don't know how it came out. That I should. Uh, so I, I used to watch more often. I think that I used to watch more frequently. I probably should. I certainly could improve as as both a host and an analyst. But uh, it's just so difficult to watch yourself. I don't know. I have no problem. 
Really? You you rewatch? I also stuff? talk ninety percent of the time. Obviously, I don't have a problem. I suppose I don't remember what I said. Right? It's like I talk so much, I don't remember even what I said. Sure, sure. Or no, no. What ends up happening, Neil, is I listen back and I go, Jesus, I do talk a lot. Like, <laughs> yeah. like at the time, it seemed like, oh, I only talk. Like, it felt like I explained that thing for like two or three minutes, and it's like, no, you yeah. talk for fourteen minutes straight. It's like, how is that possible? Who let me do that? <laughs> it was me. I let you do it sometimes. Okay, so you can follow me at Blender HD as usual and the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports 15-hour DFS Masterclass. You can pick up at theoryofdfs.com.